The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. The Persistent and Nasty podcast has teamed up with We Edition to offer our listeners 25% off monthly subscription. Head over to We Edition and type in NASTY, all capital letters, 25 at checkout. I have said it before, I will say it again. We Edition really are the future of casting. And also you can make money while being a member on the site. You can um, be a scene partner for people and you can help with accents. You can just generally help each other out. And it's a really important thing for us to do, especially during these times and just a lovely way to have community. Our other offer for our listeners is still with Backstage. Backstage are offering our actors 12 months free subscription. You heard that right, 12 months free. If you follow the link in the description box for casting directors, you can post free castings when you type in persistent and nasty at checkout. Well, hello, you gorgeous lot. How are you all doing? Welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. We're really sorry that we are a day late, but this week's episode is basically self-promotion, blatant as it is. And for all of us to get together, we had to wait till Friday um, just because we are so busy at the moment. So that's why. That's why we're a day late. Um, we cover what we've all been up to. Um, we give out some great shout outs to other podcasts that you should listen to. Um, we talk about some really important initiatives and um, petitions that are linked in the description of the episode. And if you can um, sign them, follow these things really amazing. Uh, I hope that you are all doing as well as you can be. We are still in the UK living the lockdown life. I hope that for those of you who have young children going back to school on Monday, it is um, the relief that you were needing. Um, all you working from home parents and homeschooling parents, you are incredible. You're doing an amazing job. Everybody is doing an amazing job just getting through all of this. So whatever you're doing, I hope that you are keeping well, looking after yourself, washing your hands, wearing your mask and being kind to each other. You can follow us on all social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty and as always if you want to get in touch send us a wee email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com Again, if you want to help support us and keep Persistent and Nasty afloat and going and doing all the work that we have been doing and uh, the advocacy work behind the scenes, there is a link in the description of the episode for um, PayPal. We are grateful for all of you who have already um, donated to us. Honestly, I know I say it every week, but humbled and touched and just grateful and thankful. So, mwah! to all you amazing people. Uh, for today's episode, I say a glass of wine, a gin, rum, vodka, water, tea, coffee, 
uh, a flavoured tea. I am having apple and mint. Apple and mint is a great tea, just in case anybody's looking for something a little bit different. Um, or any soft drink of your choice, obviously. Um, as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Mish, like, and then the orange drink as well, just like adds, it's just like, there's a whole like thing they happening. Pop well, the thing is, <laughs> I'm making the most use of my colour palette while I'm still in my flat because once I move out, I think it's going to be a much more neutral palette and we can cry about that. We can cry, but... It really fucking sucks that you have to... I really, like, I have such strong feelings that I probably have no business having, actually, but I have some real strong feelings about this. Like, well, listen, we can we can start a GoFundMe to help me keep my flat. Oh, fucking hell. But actually, I'm I'm in I'm of the mind now where I I'm really excited to have a change of scenery. I'll be living in the Gorbals, so I'll have some new parks to explore and the best part, I will have a garden so I can have my coffee, sit on my back porch, live in my dream. That's amazing. Like that feels like a really good compromise to I will no longer have the bright pink, the bright blue color palette, but I will have coffee on my, my back step. Um, so you found a place then? You've got another place you're going to? So I am moving in with Elaine McCargo. Oh, cool. Oh, that's yeah. fun. I'm very excited. We did that thing where we were like, I've got, a, she was like, I've got a spare room. And I was like, yes, you do. But we're friends <laughs> and I like to keep you as a friend. And she was like, mm. yes, I would like to keep living on my own. And I was like, yes, but we do get on quite well and we're quite good at communicating. Hmm, okay. So we let it like percolate yeah let it summer and then we came back and we were like we're thinking that this might work aren't we and she was like yeah this might work and if it doesn't work I just move out I mean it's yeah that's that's it as long as you keep um channels of channels for communication open uh and yeah you you should be fine and right now I have literally got my channels of communication through this antennae so I'm testing my hair with a strand test of henna and I've wrapped it in tin foil and and molded it into this little antenna. Uh, okay. So you lovely listeners can't see what I look like, but yeah, for reference, I look like a Teletubby. You oh, is that what? Okay, that's what that is. I I did I did get slight like like I'm I'm tuning into the mothership vibes from whatever was happening here, but I wasn't entirely sure. This is because <laughs> of your other podcast now. You're like my geek my geek brain is yeah, already on this. I'm fully on the truth is out there mode. And um, a beautiful segue right there. So, Lou, tell us about I'll Have What She's Podcasting. Sure. Um, so, I'll Have What She's Podcasting <laughs> is a new little venture, a, a little labor, labor of love. Love? Labor of love. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so tired. Um, that I suppose you could call it a little sister podcast to this one. Um, it's film and pop culture focused. So myself and my friend and co-host Jackie Farmer um, kind of do deep dives into films and telly and other pop culture content that we love. And a very sort of like, if you've got an hour and a half to listen to us talk endlessly about Star Wars and how much we love Princess Leia, then this is the podcast for you. It's quite niche. Uh, well, I suppose it's not really that niche, but it's certainly not like, I think you have to have an interest in the topic to sort of stay the distance for the hour and a half we tend to talk. <laughs> um, um, so we started with Star Wars. The first three episodes, we'll be looking at the first three of the original trilogy of Star Wars movies because they 
we're both big fans of Star Wars and they were very formative films for us growing up. But we will move away from sci-fi. It will involve other things. Um, we're excited about the various things that we could chat about. And it's not it does have a feminist focus, So we because we can't help it. Neither of us can help it. I certainly can't. So much like Persistent and Nasty, there will be the hot takes of the Persistent and Nasty type. Um, and uh, yeah, and also just like being... 30-something women living in the world today, we can't help but make parallels or make comparisons to what's going on in the world. Uh, so, yeah, it can be a little political and it can be a little feminist, but it's mostly very silly. Um, I love yeah. that. I mean, it definitely wouldn't be an hour and a half if I was on that podcast with you because it would just be like, oh, I've not seen that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be like, great, well, thanks for joining us on today's show. Now, fuck off. <laughs> I feel like we'd have to at least ask you if you've seen it before we asked you on. Like, I think that would be the first step. I would have to do my homework. I would be forced. Have you Have you seen Star Wars? Yeah, I have actually. And I was thinking about this on the podcast, eh, not on the podcast, at our coffee morning today. Yeah, I've seen them. I love Star Wars. I've oh, well, I've not, seen them, I've not seen them like many times, and like my brain doesn't retain any details. So it's like I might as well have not seen them, but I definitely watched them and enjoyed them. Uh, and I was thinking about this. I think I saw one of the Star Wars in the cinema when it came out. Would that does that make sense? Am I old enough to have done that? Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, yes, but well, yeah, um, it depends Maybe on not. which. <laughs> okay, so they came out four, five, six, then one, two, three, didn't they? Yes, that is I, the that is the convoluted math that George Lucas has, has inflicted upon us. Yes, see? call me call me a star geek. I knew that. I know star I, geek. I I've never ceased to amaze. <laughs> I love that. I love star geek. Star geek's adorable. That's another badge right there. Yeah. Call me a Stargate. It's but so, it's so I, pretty. I definitely saw like maybe two or three. I think it must have been two or three. So, yes. So, so hang on. I need to stop. So, two or three. Which would actually have been five or six in like order that was and whatever it's the other one. Yeah. So, so Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith are the prequels that came out like early 2000s, I think. So yes, you would have absolutely, been, I think, Misha, you would have absolutely been old enough to see them in the cinema and probably were taken to see them in the cinema because they were very much marketed as family movies. Um, but because they were prequels, what the, what George Lucas was essentially saying was, this is the story that led up to the films that your parents saw. Um, and it was all very confusing. Um, so, but because they, they were prequels, uh, in terms of the episodes in the Star Wars, like, epic they became one, two, three. So we kind of had to go back and look at the ones that came out before as four, five, six, which just to this day still fucks with my head. I, I just, I don't like it. I, I mean, I, I know it's quite straightforward, really. Like one, two, three. No, it is. But, well, it's not. Is it? Is it, Elaine? It's not that straightforward. But I, I went four, five, six, one, two, three. That was its order. Four, five, six, one, two, three, ten. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, available on all podcast platforms yes indeed she is she's on apple and she's on spotify and she's on soundcloud and i need to double check this but i'm pretty sure she's on stitcher as well um i'll double check but yeah the usual suspects at the moment are covered um we're just a little baby pod we're all, episode two is where we're at right now so we're still finding our feet and you can follow us at she's podcasting on twitter um 
yeah so we'll see how we go it's fun it's fun to do it's like we kind of don't care if anyone ever listens although we really hope you do but we're, we're having a we're having a ball regardless I'm buzzing I can't wait till nightly fortnightly fortnightly on a Wednesday yeah it's a little hump day treat for y'all I love it I love that it gives me time to like go give the Star Wars a rewatch and then invest again because I think it is like my brain just doesn't retain details so I need to like do my research again yeah I'm excited for you I love that journey for you I'm I'm there I'm there for it and Louise, you've got a Paisley Book Festival as well, which just started. She's running the world. <laughs> this is it. I'm running Guys, on fumes is what I'm running hold on. The, hold the phone. Lou's being busy here. I'm running on fumes. Listen, babes, like we'll get to you two in a minute. Like I'm not the only busy little bee in this particular coven. Just <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but for the purposes of PR, yes, let's talk about the book fest. <laughs> uh, yes, it started last night, last night being... Thursday the 18th of February and uh, it's all online um, which was a new challenge because I don't think any of us on the producing team knew exactly how to make a festival go online but we've done it brand new skills to take to the bank and I know way more about YouTube than I ever really wanted to um, yeah so we've got about 56 events in the program the theme is radical new futures so it's all about kind of climate justice and social change and and imagining a better future, particularly, you know, from the standpoint that we're in right now with this whole Panny D sitch. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia D. <laughs> what a bitch. Um, and so, yeah, so it's all online. And apart from like a small handful of like workshop, like participatory events that have a, nor- a nominal like ticket price attached to them, like, few quid just to sort of encourage you to turn up if you actually pick a place um apart from that it's all free which is which quite is exciting nice. I think yeah love that really, I know really is. and we've got we've got like a whole range of events we've got like Queen Janie Godley is going to be with us uh we've got Douglas Stewart who's the Booker Prize winner um and I'm actually really excited about his event he's doing a whole thing with uh, other male Scottish writers that is doing a deep dive into the basically toxic masculinity it particularly around Scottish masculinity because that's a very unique and pervasive form of toxic masculinity love that so it's gonna be really interesting I think obviously one of our um coffee morning cohort is a uh, Douglas's cousin oh yes I forgot about that Martin Martin Stroggy living his living his best life yeah absolutely always is um, remind me what Douglas's book's called again because I keep Shuggy Bean. Shuggy Bean. Yeah. Love that. There have been some amazing books coming out of Scotland this year. Like, it has been a year for Scottish literature. It's been good. Yeah. Um, our queen, podcast queen of the Scabby Variety, Kirsten Innes, is uh, in the programme as well. Um, uh, yeah. So that's, yeah, because that came out this year, didn't it? Scabby Queen? Yeah. I think and we that's a podcast, about, uh, not podcast you can catch up with. No, we're 2021 now, so it was oh, 2021. So, but it feels like one year because everything kind of feels like it stopped and started in March of 2020. So I think we're yeah. feeling like that's still included in a year. It's 2020. Two. We were both 2020. So yeah, it's Christ. the extended edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. 
Um, so yeah, that's yeah, that's been fun. Um, Paisleybookfest.com, it's all on there. Um, and what all the events. Are you excited for Louise. What ones apart from like you know? Ooh, okay. Are you excited for. So I'm. There's one in particular. Let me just get this up in front of me so I get this exactly right because uh, I don't want the marketing team to come at me with pitchforks for getting this wrong <laughs> in terms of times and dates and what have you. So on Saturday, this Saturday, this is the 20th, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Hags, Hexes and Harpies with Kieran Millwood, Hargrave and Rebecca Tomas, which is going to be all about uh, witches and feminism and uh it's going to delve into which is feminism horror and power and it's being that's been curated by scottish writer kirsty logan um and i'm very excited about that that's on saturday at two o'clock oh cunting bollocks i'm working <laughs> well do not worry do fear not because everything will get um edited and captioned and made all pretty and then it'll go back up on our youtube channel and it'll stay there till the end of march great so you will get to see it. Do not worry. Um, that, um, talking about witches, I don't know if either of you have seen this. Have you seen Mary Beard's um, comments recently um, about how our older women, uh, we're going uh, almost going back in time to um, our older women in society being referred to as witches in the way that it was in Roman and Greek times. It's very interesting. And she was on Women's Hour the other day and was talking about it. And she also mentioned, which I'm sure we've mentioned before, if not, we've definitely mentioned on Twitter, is the Witches of Scotland podcast. Yes, yes. And I've been following that with keen interest. Yes. And um, I'm going to link it in the description episode. They have a, a petition right now to petition the Scottish government to pardon all the people who were accused and uh, executed of witchcraft in Scotland and a memorial for them as well. So oh, yes. amazing. That's in, that's incredible. I would still really like to do a collab, so we'll just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I would love that, particularly mm. for you know my little project that's been in stasis this entire year mm-hmm. um, about witches, or not so much about witches as it is about the idea of the witch and women being labeled as a witch and how that's a weaponized word and has been a weaponized word throughout history Mm -hmm. um so i'd love to have them on or have us on them or something i don't know i don't know what it looks like (laughs) one way or the other one way or the other maybe we should just ask mary beard as well let's ask mary that would be i would yes (laughs) i mean i would probably pee my pants mary beard came on a little bit that would be amazing can you just stalk her can you just use your tactics and stalk her until she comes on the podcast (laughs) We'll make it happen. I don't know what people are saying about me. I'm not a stalker. I don't know, I don't know what you're saying. Absolutely not. No. Strange That's... accusation. Stranger danger. Um, I'm just persistent. Very persistent. There's a fine line now between persistence and restraining line. order. <laughs> so, Lou, what's what's the hip hop happening with this your witches project? Then, how is it? Like, how are you feeling with that? sitting in this state of stasis i'm podcasting you now you're podcasting me oh, yeah. How, what's the hippie hippity hat well to be honest i'm still pecking it out pecking away at the writing of it but you know this was something that 
I'd been developing with uh, my co-conspirator, co-coven lady genius Shilpa, Shilpa Woo-hoo! Highland, who's theatre director. So it's a collaboration with her. And we've done wee bits of development on it, but it's really it's been a, it's been one of those projects, you know, one of those projects that just takes years because it's been in development for about two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. I, I guess this last year doesn't count because what was supposed to happen in May of 2020 was that we were going to go and develop, going to go for a week's intensive develop with Pitlochery Festival Theatre because they very kindly made us supported artists with them. Um but that obviously never came to pass. So um, the other problem with it is that the vision for this piece of theatre is very much, it's got a big cast. In my head, it's got like a minimum of 10 women in it or female identifying individuals. Um, And I don't really want to move on that. Like in my head, it is that big. The, the plus side, or I guess the caveat of that is that it doesn't need to be in a traditional theatre space. In fact, for me, I've always pictured it in civic spaces like town halls or community halls, village halls, that kind of thing. Um, church halls are good. Anywhere where like women of the past would have received judgment. Like I'm really keen on civic spaces away from main theatre houses. Um, and for it to be quite immersive, like the cast, the, the women in it who are representing real life um there's a, because there's a few characters in it who represent real women over history who are either burned as witches or accused of or um, represent women who were tarnished for using their voice in some way. And that includes like women in the 60s who were part of the second wave radical feminism movement. Um, so, yeah, they get in about the audience and have conversations with them in some way. So the, the thought of that now just seems so so far removed from reality like what could be possible because of everything we've gone through over the past year uh that I when I sit down to peck away at it it just feels like a non-reality it feels like something that will never happen so it's very strange I have a strange relationship with it now in the sense that I love it and I still would love to see it happen but I also don't want to compromise it I don't want to change it just just to make it happen in some form um so yeah it's weird it's very strange it still sort of exists but not really it's It's kind of heartbreaking and weird at the same time it's such a difficult I mean like obviously our industry's on its knees as it is but like for people who have got projects like that that were pipelined that were like on Mm -hmm. their way to like for for elements of that which now exactly you look at and you're like the risk assessment on this is not even worth starting yeah like it it's just such a strange time isn't it to like not have that a timeline even coming out of this knowing what will be possible like we just don't know what's going to be yeah and I think um you know I always knew like both Shilpa and I knew like going into this like at the point at which we would be exploring funding to make it happen whenever that day arrived you know, we knew it was a brass neck to ask for money for something with like a 10 strong cast as it was. So, you know, now like we knew that would be a difficult ask even before COVID. So now when you've like, the the idea of like putting 10 people in a small space, like a community hall to do a piece of theatre and and then adding an audience into that just feels so alien now. And I think that, which is heartbreaking. It actually really is very heartbreaking. so, so yeah, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be positive. And I think that um 
I think that by the end, by the middle of 2022, that fear won't be there anymore. I hope so. I really hope so. And I actually think that it might even be to your advantage. Because, yeah. (laughs) Well, because I think that the idea of having 10 people on stage, as you say beforehand, like just the money situation of that, or like 10 people in a production is, you know, it was a really big thing. But I think for us to um, get our industry back up and running and to save it, that's the kind of stuff that people will want to see. They will want to see more than a two-hander because they can watch that on the fucking telly. Yeah. They they can do that. And I really think that... um, I'm going to go with it's going to be of benefit. I hope so. Especially like the context of the show, like the idea is that the audience are walking into a witch's Sabbath. So they're walking into a party. That's the idea. There's a lot of whooping and hollering and dancing around the fire kind of energy. Like that's the point of it. So like I hope that people will like people will be so starved, not just for like I could Live cry just thinking stuff. about that. Like, I just, that's all I want. I All, all I want is a bonfire yeah. with all my ladies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, said for, I've said it for months. The roaring 20s are coming back. Yeah. We are going to hit a point and it is going to be downright debauchery and I can't fucking wait. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, and I think the the goal will be to play on that energy a little bit, I think. And I think there will be so... Like, you know, my project aside... I think there'll be loads of that. I think there'll be loads of things that'll be like, yeah, let's things that feel like a party atmosphere that you're like in a room with people. It's very live and it's very sweaty and it's very real. I think people are going to be so desperate for that by the time we finally, finally get out of this situation. Um, It's the human interaction. It's the energy of humans in the same room. Mm -hmm. Like we are absolutely starved of real people energy. Like, I, I, but oh. you know having said all that like it's it's making me feel a lot of feelings but one of the feelings I feel is apprehension because I think we, we're going to have to allow at the risk of sounding airy fairy I think we're going to have to allow people the time to heal because I have a really like until we until I know for sure that participation in something like that will not result in a backslide to, to more virus or like I feel like I'll be really reticent to go out into the world until I know it's 100% safe, which maybe makes me sound a bit like I'm becoming a bit like a hermit. Maybe I've been inside too long, but like, I don't know. It's just... No, I don't think it does. I think it's it's a reality for all of us. There are some people who their way of coping with it is just almost to go, I'm not going to listen to any of it. I don't care. I'm going to ignore it all. And then there are other things like, you know, as much as we were saying, oh, a room of 10 people, I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. But also I was like, shit, a room of 10 people. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. Like, actually knackered by the end of the day. Like, the energy to converse, to have communication and, like, talk to 10 other human beings. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. So I feel like I'm in a completely different space from you guys. I thought you were about to say, I'm not going to lie. I've been out at raves, illicit raves, before the time people. <laughs> no, I was about to drop that. Yeah, so I was at a rave last night. I, yeah, I, I'm a COVID denier. It's not real. And so I've been partying with the masses. Right, yeah. Well, you do have tinfoil on your I, head. So. I do have tinfoil on my head because, you know, UV rays. And, <laughs> this is and like the, the, the damn youth. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. The earth is flat and fuck off the rest. You're just kidding. I obviously don't believe any of these things. The earth is definitely round and COVID's real and it's a big badass problem and it's a fucking yes, disaster. We, we, we know. We know better. Burning dumpster fire. But because I've been, so because I've been working in like in film, which mm. is an industry which is still allowed, like I've been working all of January and all of February. I worked about a December. And like when I was first on set, like we get COVID tested twice a week but when you're on set, you are surrounded by, like, on shoot days, there's 120 people milling around in the building, doing things. And, like, at first, total shock to the system. But the, the days that I was coming home after work, I was, abs- like, I felt like I'd been taking drugs. Like, I was so buzzed off human interaction. Like, I was chatting to everyone, like, absolutely, like fleeing off the like (laughs) the chatter I was getting just like just these kind of like conversations you have where you're like the weather's crap today isn't it wow what a cold day how many layers are you wearing whoa yeah we've been standing outside in the rain for six hours now and counting can't wait to lunch I wonder what's on the menu like and (laughs) and honestly it gave me life like I, I honestly like so but in that sense so now I've been like a month and a half working and I'm so fortunate for it but like because I've been on buses going to like locations and like getting trains to different places like to get there like I feel like my lockdown's finished because I've been out and about and I've been like buying my lunch from a coffee shop that's like through the hatch kind of thing and like my life feels very much like it's gone back to normal like I'll come home at the end of a working day and like make my dinner and go to bed and that feels like what my life was before and so I feel like kind of the way like at the beginning of all this we were all in the same boat we were all in this same state and there was only like I mean there was maybe people in New Zealand and Australia who never really experienced lockdown the way the rest of the world did because they did they did they did have it extreme I mean my friend in Perth has worn a mask maximum 20 days this entire time and the rest of the time like because she lives in like in Perth it's like a bubble in itself and they've just had absolutely no Covid problems. Other I think than it's um. Although, did Melbourne not just have a like a quick yeah. circuit breaker lockdown because the, a couple of cases popped yeah. up? They did so that in Perth as well. So she was like having to like have she had like a ten pm curfew and she had to wear masks. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah. it's literally like two cases and they're putting a circuit yeah. breaker in. I know because they're so. That's the that's the right response, I think, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Just and for anyone who doesn't know, who might be listening. There is legality and safety at work practices around film. Film is technically oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. open right now. Yeah, it's just open. not part of some in like like she's crazy not like the rules. She's it's not breaking the rules. It's an essential industry. We get tested yeah. twice a week. We always wear masks. There are COVID supervisors on site at all times, monitoring social distancing practices, giving you hand sanitizers, like literally, like with the Poke, rulers poking at you with sticks. Yeah, absolutely, like. <laughs> There are pens for extras. It really feels like all the sporting pens artists for extras is literally like <laughs> there are little like there are taped boxes and quite rightly, quite rightly so. Get them in a cage. <laughs> Go it's support It's such a shame they've got. I've, I've part of my job has been like taping down these two meter by two meter squares for the essays, and my they God. have to get a chair and a table if they're lucky. In their little square, and they have to stay in their square. It's the saddest story ever. 
that's that's grim because it's like anyone who's ever been an extra or, support, or supporting it's, artists it's hard enough knows that it's pretty dehumanizing i'm sorry even even on the best sets you're kind of treated like human props yeah so that's and like human animal props oh god <laughs> but oh, but they're out working living their dream like all the guys that i've been speaking to are like we're just happy to be here. Like we've been locked down this whole time. I'm like, me too. How good no. is this? I mean, I suppose there is that, isn't there? It's just like, you know, that that maybe we will have that reaction. We'll all just be like, oh my God. But I also, I th- you are that type of person though, Misha, that you feed off other people and that's a lovely thing. And I think, but I think if you're Like not, a leech. <laughs> I think if you're not, I think it could, when we do kind of get back to some sort of a, I don't want to say normality, regularity um that if some people would be like oh my god I actually quite liked being in the house (laughs) (laughs) yeah I strongly suspect that might be me like I have a real strong (laughs) feeling that might be me I think maybe to a point Lou but I think that you you like socializing as well I do I do um, or at least I thought I did. I don't know. Like, no, I mean, <laughs> and of course we're talking about film. Mishlis, because it's a beautiful segue. You just I, made a film last week. I did. I um, we so aside from this, like other film work I've been doing, um, we've also I've been working with um, writer, director, actor, facilitator, creative extraordinaire Helen Quinn. And she um, is, she's basically been working with GMAC on their Little Pictures Commission. She's one of the eight filmmakers, I'm sure it's eight filmmakers that have been selected for this commission. Uh, And it's a micro budget, but it's like supported with mentorship and workshops and industry support. And it's just been fantastic. She brought me on as her creative producer. And so we've been kind of working away on that since last end of November. And um, so it's been an absolute delight working on a little a little side hustle project and Helen has been fabulous. I'll get, I'll read the like the short bio about it's called The Queen's Speech and it's an intimate and experimental double portrait of an actor and her character persona Mary Queen of Scots as they work together to find an authentic voice. Um but yeah so basically Helen has played Mary Queen of Scots that's been her kind of like staple acting role. She's perfected the look. She's perfected like the costume. She's got everything like down pat, but through lockdown, she'd um, done a podcast. And when she listened to it back, she was really like shaken by the fact that she didn't sound what like what she would have imagined Mary Queen of Scots sounded like. So it kind of has sparked this whole thing in her to try and find what she would think is like the perfect Mary Queen of Scots voice and so she's been creating this like kind of a documentary kind of an expressive art piece it's basically this self-portrait film um that explores her use of her voice and her um character basically but what's been really fascinating is the story's kind of evolved from what she expected it to be which she thought it was going to be just about Mary Queen of Scots and Mary Queen of Scots voice but what the way we kind of set it up is it's like a, a an interview scenario where she's like answering questions and we're kind of like getting to the crux of what what we're doing here why are we watching this why are we like 
engaging in this content and it's the crux is the whole striving per for perfection and I get I don't know if this is a spoiler uh, I don't think it is I'll maybe need to go away and I'll maybe get back to Elaine about like cutting this bit out but I don't think it's a spoiler it's it, what I think is fascinating is that ultimately as actors we are constantly trying to be something and we're constantly, even as people, striving for perfection quite a lot of the time. Like there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't and they're quite happy to live their life and just be like, that's cool. But there are a lot of us and I feel like a lot of actors particularly have this, we're on the hamster wheel of like trying to like do something to be something, to be noticed, mm. to be seen, to like be relevant. I think it's um, all actors, babe. I really do I know, I think it's I think every it, single actor. I think it is as well. And I think- Every artist. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. every artist, but I think there are a lot of people in other industries who could probably relate as well. Um, oh, definitely, so, yeah. I think there'll be people who like perfection in that sense is such a big phrase. Whether that is perfection and how you um, how you present yourself every day in your job, depending on what that is, whether that be your look or whether that be how you speak to your employees or whether that be a um, you know like are you the best um the best nurse that you can be did you you know have you like you know there's perfection in everything yeah I think so and I think that that's what really struck me when we were filming it last week and like I mean that in itself like came with its own struggles like with COVID with the Scottish weather oh my god it was it was mad trying to organize this like three-day shoot uh, through everything that's going on but what I think is really exciting about everything that's come from it is that it's all really relatable stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited. We're moving into the edit now. Um, and who knows what it's going to come out like. I think, I think this is a film that really will be made in the edit. I mean, we've got some really beautiful shots and I'm really proud of everything. We had a really great team. We had Michaela McCool came in and like kind of helped me with the prep for it. We had Scott Walker doing our sound recording, we had Tam Heatherton doing camera assist. Um, and we've got some really great people in the post as well. We've got Rosie um, Wilson doing composition and we've got Keith Duncan doing the uh, final like sound post. Um, so yeah, I'm like super buzzed about like how it's all gonna like come into. How did you feel like it being you in charge fucking terrifying it was like mm. i it, i only really like clocked that i was the boss at the last minute i was like oh fuck like i've done things before i've organized stuff i've like been on set i've like i've been like a part of a lot of things but then at, at one point i was like oh shit like everyone's here because i've like hired them and if i've not remembered to do something then we're not, it's not getting done. And like, oh fuck, okay. <laughs> Pull up your socks, Misha, you got some work to do. Well, you know, there's nobody better suited for that than you, my dear. Jeez, well. You, you know yourself. I, I loved it. I really like, it was hard work, um, but I'm super, super proud. Uh, and I'm excited to see how it comes together. And hopefully I won't look at it and go, oh, Misha, you really thought you were something, but this proves otherwise. No. Uh, but no, that's no, the no. fear. That's the fear, isn't it? The <clears throat> of, of course, yeah. Um, the imposty sins oh, is we real. Love, we love imposty. Yeah. <laughs> I've borrowed that from Joanne Thompson. Uh, she said imposty. She said the, 
the phrase imposter sins to me in a message the other night and it made me lol it's so true like yeah the imposter syndrome is massive and like could really do without like what a load mm-hmm. of horse shit fuck off we've got too many other things to worry about other than like doubting ourselves like other people will do that for us we don't need to do that we're on team us thank you good night imposter syndrome is a funny one though i think i'm always interested when it's Hmm. because i sometimes think when you are because there are certain people who don't have it what what a charmed life well, there is no way that our Prime Minister has imposter syndrome because if he did, he wouldn't fucking be there. Yeah, I was going to say, it's men, men don't have a huge amount of it and that's a huge sweeping generalisation. Men like him, men like Bojo, who are sociopaths, don't have... It's the privilege. It's yeah, the don't have imposter syndrome. I think, you no, know, we, we can look at it in like, um, especially in this, well, I'm sure it's in other countries too, and I can't, I shouldn't comment on that because I don't live in other countries, but um, obviously. Um, but in the UK, the class system has got, so, it's so ingrained in us that I think that there's something that really comes from that as well. Like the imposter syndrome really comes from that. I think there's something about being Scottish and having imposter syndrome is really big. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, and that's borne out in a huge way time and time again. Again, I'm using our industry as the context for this because mm-hmm. I, I know it, I know it expands to other walks of life. But, you know, the fact that we very rarely see Scottish people represented in any form of like film or media, unless you're Jared Butler or David Tennant, you know what I mean? It's like you have to get pretty high up the chain before it's just kind of OK to be Scottish and, you know, then when we sort of look at that from the context of being a woman, it gets even worse. Like, so it's not surprising that Scottish people generally have that ingrained in them because we are quite often seen as the little sort of ugly stepchild of, of the rest of the UK. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, we are, we are treated like that and it's not surprising that we've absorbed it. That's killed uh, me, the ugly <laughs> stepchild. <laughs> oh my God, relatable memes. But it's so, but yeah, I mean, we could go on a history thing about that, but it's all connected. But actually, you were just talking about Mary Queen of Scots, Misha, and it's connected right there at that time point. Fascinating. Um, and then her son becoming, you know, all of that is all connected. There's so mm-hmm. many layers to it. And I am like, Helen is so well versed in Mary's history and everything about Mary. Um, and it's a, like, there's a lot of information, there's a lot of context, there's a lot of like, really like, interesting parallels i mean the film's going to be five minutes i don't know how we're going to fit all the good stuff in um but yeah there's so much so much there so much juice and yeah scotland man my gals are busy you know we're just making waves and a a kind of final segue in the world of film because i feel like this ties all three of us now quite nicely in a bow the end series has mm. also been keeping us pots a boiling. <laughs> pots a boiling. <laughs> We've got. We really should have a spreadsheet on the go whenever we chat to just type these little like non sequiturs into the spreadsheet so that we remember all the badges that we need to make because that's got, another one. Michelle, the next time you've got any downtime, the designing of the badges is happening. Okay, cool. I'll do us a badge collection. So the end series. 
Yes, because we now we've all got an episode. You've yeah. got not the plan. Louise has glitch glitches glitch glitch. Yep. Yes, glitch. Mm-hmm. And howl from me and Cat Loud. It's like what what a, what a treat what a trio. Also, can I just say to both of you though how brilliant both your episodes are, and I'm so proud of you both for like it's you fucking be putting it into short film festivals and shit. <laughs> no, I, I mean why the fuck not? Really, at the end well, of the, the day. Well, the lift off, Lou. You're lifting off. Yeah, the lift off thing was fun, uh, but I felt a bit weird about asking people to do any voting on that because there was a price attached to it. Yeah, so I know. I, did, I felt the same. I know. Generally speaking, I have to say, like you know. navigating the world of the the film the film festival market for the first time um because it's not just glitch i've submitted glitch to a bunch of things and i'm because i'm now developing my screenwriting practice in in other ways i'm sort of delving into this world for the first time the film world has absolutely no like no qualms no like hesitation about like yeah yeah you might not get selected but give us 45 pounds to submit like there's a lot of that and you're like girl I gotta give you forty-five bucks, and then like what? The, I don't know. There's just something about asking people from, and maybe film, maybe the film world are just more tuned to that because it's such a commercial industry in so many ways that they're like, yeah, if you want to be part of the game, you have to pay. It's a strange. But, I don't it's know. It's weird. One. Yeah, there's definitely like because there's more budget in film, more money is thrown around liberally. Whereas mm-hmm. in theatre, we've got like a tight, tight purse strings mentality because when you get a budget, you're like, holy fucking shit, we've got money to make this. Yeah, but also I think that I think theatre has more of a kind of like raised eyebrow attitude to the pay to play thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I'd be interested to hear other people's opinions on this because I'm like, hmm, all right, cool, cool, cool it story. Is interesting. It is an interesting one. Um, and definitely something that needs maybe looked at, especially now with where we're at in the world and people not yeah. having any money, but also people taking this time to create stuff that they might not have had the chance to do before Mm -hmm. Um, so you could actually be missing out on really amazing stuff because you're asking people to pay 45 quid to submit it yeah and you don't even know if you're going to get selected like you know like 10 short film festivals that's 450 quid like a lot of money it's a a lot of money and I think it's like I don't know. Maybe it's just the the way thing because so many of them are also American. Like the majority of them are in the states, and I think they just have a different attitude towards this kind of thing. And and it, and it's obviously very clear that they're not like they because they also don't have funding structures the same the, the way that we do. Like I have no doubt in my mind that the majority of these submission um, payments go to just go straight back into running the festival. I'm sure that that's mm. the case. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt and say that that's probably what's happening. But it still feels very odd to ask a struggling filmmaker or any artist to pay like something above 10 quid to yeah. just get in the running for something. Just feels odd. But, you know, it's a new world for me. So I'm perfectly willing to admit that I'm learning and maybe this is just what, what you do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it is interesting. The link to all of the end series episodes are in um, our link tree or and you... Uh, on Instagram so you can get that nice and easily and Misha's Howell just won an award yes congratulations Misha and Kat McLeod well we've been um we've been working away and yeah it's nice to get that kind of recognition 
um, yeah. Um, I also would like to take this point, talking about recognition and working away, um, we haven't spot put the spotlight on Elaine and all the amazing, amazing work she's doing right now. Don't know if you can keep this in or not, but like the whole equity, the work that you're doing for Scottish equity and equity generally is cannot be understated. It's a huge deal and you're doing it off your own back and you're not getting paid for it and you are cheering a very difficult situation. Yeah. I'm sure we can't express too much of an opinion on it for political reasons, but I just wanted to acknowledge it because that cannot go unstated, just the sheer yeah. volume of work you're putting in. And they could not have a better person in that role because you're diplomatic, you're compassionate, you're kind, and you get it. And you're passionate about the union and what it does for the industry. So, Elaine, you're a hero. Oh. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Um, thanks very much. I would also just like to say it's certainly not just myself. There are um, incredible activists within our uh, union who have done some um, a huge amount of work over the last few months. Um, I won't go into everything. Um, and if you do, if you're in, listeners, if you're interested, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you type it into Google and you'll soon find out what's going on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, certainly. Thank you for that. But certainly not. Um, uh, certainly not me. But I am. Uh, I am. You're working hard. You're working, yeah. you're working hard. hard. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, you know, we're we're working hard, ladies. Mm-hmm. This is it's, us. It's, this is who we is. <laughs> gotta hustle. Gotta love that hustle. It's the hustle, man. Like I like. I've been really like enjoying having only one one and a half hustles on the hustle because the hustling is hustling. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> it's all another batch. It's another batch. It's two batches. The hustling is hustling. And also, I'm all hustled out. I really yeah, like. I'm all hustled out is another one. I'm just like boiling. I just, boiling pots. Pots, pots boiling. of boiling. Pots, pots of boiling. boiling. <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> god the list of badges grows long it does um anyway this was just a little uh, catch up with us for so yeah. that you guys can hear what i'm, try- I'm try- keep trying to stop myself from saying guys okay we'll go back hey folks yeah i know i'm, I'm going to keep it in because it's annoying because people but people know i honestly the other week i did the intro and i was like hey guys i did it about five times we're imperfect yep. we're learning we're trying it's all right it's all it's all good you lovely listeners. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you for our, our little chat and our catch up and our um, shameless what? self-promotion. Shameless <laughs> self-promotion and nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with what, it. If we were three male. Just three males. Just three males. <laughs> three male people. Um, we were, They would do the same. Yeah. And you know what? I know that we get lots of really cool guests on our podcast, but do you know what? The three of us are hustling all the time and we work really hard and we've got our own stuff going on and we'll be the guests on other people's podcasts one day. So it's okay for us to come on here and use our own platform to give ourselves a little stroke. Something, something. <laughs> something, something. something. <laughs> Actually, it's just so nice to chat to you guys because I've really, really, really missed you guys. Oh, I've missed you guys, guys too. Guys! Folks, females, women, people, humanoids. Ah, yings. I really miss both of you a lot. Yeah, yeah, right back a at lot, you. A lot. 
Right, it's getting soppy now. Thanks everyone for listening to the Persistent and Nasty Podcasts. It's been Louise, Misha and Elaine. (laughs) And until next time, stay Stay nasty. nasty.